Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host, JM. And I'm your co-host, Robbie. And this week, we're... Uh, it's Tuesday. It's always Tuesday. It's it's Tuesday every seven days. That's true. Uh, it's Tuesday the 15th of December, which means that a pretty exciting update has come out for one of our favorite games. Isn't that right, Robbie? Uh, yep. Four Guys Season 3 is live and kicking right now. Oh. Oh, what were you oh, going to say? <laughs> oh, Grand Theft Auto just released their new heist. Oh. Awkward. So Fall Guys just released their new heist. Fall Guys just released their new heist. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the holiday heist. The holiday heist. Oh, nice. It's a week until. Well, it's ten days until Christmas. How fucking crazy is that? Is that? Yeah, that is that is crazy. But do you know what comes before Christmas? Santa. It's my birthday. Oh, when's your birthday? Saturday, the 19th of December. Oh, well, I'll sing you a traditional birthday song. You're the birthday, you're the birthday, you're the birthday, boy or girl. That's for you, buddy. Thanks, man. Is that uh, is that a, like a, a, a traditional Texas <laughs> hymn? No, I, I, I think it's from The Simpsons. Is it? <laughs> I think so. It might not be from The Simpsons, but it's from some kind of uh, uh, um, animatronic birthday oh, show, okay. like a Chuck E. Cheese's style yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to say it's it's Bart at, at, at one of those, and, and it's uh, <laughs> they sing that song. Yeah, some sort of like goofy-looking rabbit or something. Yeah. That sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, traditional birthday hymnal. Uh, speaking of Christmas traditions, uh, I'm playing, uh, this year's big AAA, uh, superb game. Hades. Uh, it's not that one. It's, uh, some game called Cyberpunk. Uh, apparently, apparently, uh, a lot of people don't like it very much, but, um. You like it? I really like it. Uh, yeah. I am playing on PC and yeah. uh, you know I have a I have a decent PC and uh, yeah. I can run it very well and you know it, it, it from my my playthrough of it um you know it, it has no no uh, more uh, bugs egregious problems yeah than than I would expect of you know kind yeah. of most big games yeah. um uh but obviously you know that's i'm very lucky in that sense and uh yeah. you know the the real problems lie um on other platforms which is um yeah. you know it's a shame all around really i think it's uh, you know it's it sucks for for the people that were you know feel that they're not getting the game that they expected uh, and that they've paid for yeah or that they were sold yeah um well, that's what i mean like you know people people are disappointed because they're not going what they expected and uh, you know it it it's disappointing for all the people that worked on the game that you know tried (laughs) but obviously uh yeah 
Um, it's yeah. Uh, have you have you played things in the in the cyberpunk genre before? Experienced a lot of like you know read cyberpunk books and and stuff like that from the genre and that sort of thing. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I've always been interested in kind of sci-fi. Um, sure. Obviously, uh, Westwood's Blade Runner game is the gold, so fucking gold good. standard um, so for, fucking this, good. for this type of thing. Um, <laughs> so I love that. Um, you know, I've I've read, you know, ver- you know, all the sci-fi kind of classics, Heinlein and Asimov and... Um, right, but not like... Uh, oh, shit, his name was just in my head. Um, I'm not familiar with the actual cyberpunk role-playing series um, i haven't played that when i played Shadowrun or anything uh, like that right yeah yeah things like that i'm not i'm not you know versed in yeah uh so i'm playing it on pc as well mm-hmm. and i've got a decent pc and the only like i've only seen a couple little glitches here and there like chopsticks floating in the air and stuff like that yeah uh, i saw a, very pretty a, a mobile phone walking down the street yeah. the other day <laughs> Uh, it's it's very pretty, um, but yeah, it doesn't really. I I'm, I I can't. I it's not doing much for me. Ah, uh, fair enough. Uh, it, it feels kind of like someone uh, was introduced to cyberpunk as a teenage boy, and then never put another thought into it again. Maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you haven't ever like, I mean, if you've never experienced like really like you know exploring the cyberpunk genre and what it means and and like it feels like a first glance at the genre and the worldview and stuff like that i mean and i'm man i'm struggling i'm having trouble getting into the game because i don't like the mechanics of it the driving is fucking terrible <laughs> well I, yeah i think <laughs> get into your fucking car and it's like why it's, is this even in the game it's a funny one isn't it because it's kind of it doesn't really it doesn't prepare you for the fact that everything's a bit fucked you know, to begin with, like, you have the shittest guns and the shittest car and all this kind of stuff. I guess, like, but, you like, can't I'm shooting anything. people... I'm shooting people with a shotgun point blank in the face, and then it's like, headshot! And it takes, like, a third of their health. Yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. fuck is this? It's a, we- it's a weird game. It's, like, I, I can... I think I can completely understand why some people are just, like, bouncing off it. Um, you know, yeah. for for other reasons than um, things like bugs and stuff like that, like just the game itself. I can understand why people bounce off it, but I think for me, I because I was I was so honestly, I was really kind of I was almost disinterested in the game yeah. in the run up to launch. I mean, yeah. Me too, because yeah. it was because it was it was just the game, right? It was just it was all anyone ever talked about. Um, yeah. you knew it was always going to dominate every show, you know, there was going to be a new trailer or whatever. So I, I was just kind of like, ah, whatever. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not bothered. Um, I didn't yeah. play the Witcher three, so it wasn't like I had that, you know, kind of experience to get me excited oh, about Jesus. what was coming next. Robbie. So, so I just, I mean, I, I do want to play it, but I, I just, Oh my God. <laughs> I just kind of ignored <laughs> it all. So and then genuinely good. I just kind of ignored it all. And then, and then got a copy, started playing it, and yeah, I've done a, I've put about twenty something hours in now. Yeah, and I, I, I hadn't even like when I, when I put twenty hours into. Remember when I was playing Quantum Break and I was like banging on about not Quantum Break, uh, Control, and I was oh, yeah, yeah. talking about it all the time. I yeah. loved that game, but putting twenty hours into it felt like a slog, and it, yeah. and I hadn't finished. Whereas with this, I've put twenty hours in, and I like. I sort of I I feel like I've I've barely scratched the surface and I'm and I'm excited to 
dig further into it. But that's great. Yeah. So anyway, that's. Uh, I mean, wow! I can't believe you haven't played The Witcher Three. I know. It's low key excellent in the same way that Cyberpunk is ostentatiously mediocre. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I'll get. I'll get it. Oh on. man. I'll get, yeah. I'll get it on the, uh, on the playlist. But hey, but hopefully they can. Oh, sorry, no. In the on. interest of like, well, yeah, but hopefully, like, in the interest of you know the people that work at CD Projekt Red, because those poor people have been crunching for months yeah. and will be crunching for the next few months, apparently, yeah. hand tracing every single one of those rays, apparently. <laughs> uh, and you know the fans, you know, have been unforgiving, and fans can be unforgiving. Video game fans are not notoriously uh, kind-hearted people, um, or at least a large chunk of the audience, but. It is possible for a company to to restore faith to you know to come from to from have a tough time with the fans, but to prove themselves, to prove their worth and their trustworthiness. Yeah, and uh, I think we have someone here this week who's experienced that, uh, and uh, I'd like to introduce him now. Robbie, I'd like you to meet Jeff Smitty Smith. Hello. Hello. Hello from Dallas, Texas. Hi, Smitty. Hi, Smitty. (laughs) Surprise, I'm a Texan, Robbie. (laughs) Hey, JM. How are you, brother? Good. How are you? Living the dream, baby, every day. Living the dream. Uh, So the real surprise here for our listeners at home is that uh, I actually already know Smitty. (laughs) 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 Because we're colleagues. But the listeners at home don't. So uh, this is very exciting. One thing, and I'm very excited to just learn more about, well, what are we here to learn about, JM? Well, we're here to learn about Special Reserve Games. Uh, Smitty is the founder or co-founder. What, what, just Smitty, tell, us, tell the folks at home who you are and what you do. Well, I, I am the sole remaining founder. How about that? But I, I co-founded this thing with a, an amazing young human named Andy Grace. Uh, mm. A few years back, yeah, and uh, Andy is uh, back with BlackRock LLC or Burning Man full time, where I believe she belongs. There's such a great family um, out there of all the Burning Man people. So, yep, sadly Andy's not with us anymore. But uh, for the past couple of years, I've been uh, trying what I, I call uh, striving for perfection every day <laughs> in the physical realm, you know? And so what I, I think my job is, is to preserve the art of these great digital games in a physical form. And so that's what we do. I, I head up a, a team and a bunch of projects that um, concept and design physical collectible uh, versions of all of these great independent games. Um, and one thing that kind of makes that special for a lot of us is these are independent games, you know, signed by an independent publisher that don't have these big multi-million dollar budgets. There's not a bunch of licenses, you know, for every single one of these games uh, floating around. Uh, so a lot of the great digital games that you have played for years or are just playing right now may never have a physical uh, version of it and that may not be a big deal to you uh, but there's a whole collector world out there that you might be surprised how rich and vast it is and there's also just the you know, the casual gamer you know market that uh, various ages uh, uh, different places of the world that actually still discover games physically uh and not only digitally so yeah there's a huge world of physical out there and i'm happy to to 
you know, open up that little secret green door, you know, get the red velvet <laughs> rope and pull it back and show you and tell you some of the secrets if you like. Well, let's start at the beginning. How did you, so you, you make physical editions of independent games. They're great. There's sort of the baseline edition, and then there's also, like, editions that come with a bunch of really cool collectibles. Uh, and and I, I am incapable of bullshit. I mean, I'm capable <laughs> of bullshit, but I don't like to do it. Because uh, they are, they're, it's genuinely cool stuff that comes in these, in these, in these collectible Amen. editions. You, you do really cool work. You, you find these people. You, you make. You, it's really, it's, it's. I mean, the Ammonomicon. Anybody who, I mean, Google the Ammonomicon if you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, it's yeah. like that's the pinnacle of like holy shit. Um, how did you, how did you get your start in this? How did you find your way into this? You've been in the games industry for a long time. How did you, how did, how did this come about? Yeah, it's. I I will say that what what I'm doing now is totally a collective of uh two decades of being a working human <laughs> and also to be a fan of entertainment and video games, pop culture, but I you know I would say it all really started with little small things I did in the past whether it be for concert promotion and production and you know I mean back in the days of uh, college, you know, we were at Kinko's or, you know, if anyone remembers Kinko's, uh, that, uh, I, I think a few still exist where we'd be running flyers for, you know, concerts and little small gigs for bands or whether it be fast forward to 2000 when we were working on substance TV, which was a, a great DVD video game magazine that a lot of the founders of gathering of developers, uh, went on to, to start. And we, I was doing packaging design for substance way back then um, and just working with local printers and, and just learning the old ways of offset printing and die cut. So, you know, it's just this culmination of great experiences over the course of a fantastic career that I think enabled me to kind of see a way of connecting a physical, tangible, almost emotional connection uh, to a digital game, you know, so a game that you love, but you see it on a screen, it's a cold digital screen, but to hold it in your hands, which is kind of the way we all fell in love with games because we had to buy them at stores. There was not a big fat internet you know, for <laughs> downloading stuff. And so I think my, can, it just kind of goes back to the beginning is I, I want to appreciate these games and honor them. I cannot draw a stick figure. I cannot code a line of code, uh, but I can tell you what the integers are, but <laughs> I cannot do any of this myself. So I've always been so fascinated and, and just blown away by the uh, types of talent that we're always surrounded in, in the video game world. And so that's all I, I'm trying to do is maybe just draw on, you know, my own personal, I guess, design uh, ideas for how I think, uh, uh, you know, we could uh, preserve a game and then evoke almost an emotional response, a connection, an instant connection by the person that buys this game uh, to kind of enhance the experience of the game, you know, for, for the fan. So it's, you know, it sounds like a rig grandiose uh, achievement, uh, you know, here, but it is um, to actually physically preserve a game is a hard thing to do just to pre 
just to make a game and finish a game, we all know it's very, very hard. (laughs) But to actually get it uh, preserved in a physical format um, is something that still means uh, a lot to developers, and it still means a lot to fans. Totally. I I, I mean, I'm a collector of uh, all kinds of stuff, predominantly action figures, because I'm... 37 years old and uh that's what i do best but (laughs) you do you do form these kind of like you do it's true what you say you form these emotional attachments to things even though they might just seem like you know kind of uh trivial to some people i suppose you know it's like why do why do you love this action figure so much it's like well it's not really like about the figure it's about like it's the story that's connected to it or you know the memory that it evokes or whatever and with games i mean there's an argument to be made that people invest far more of you know their time and their energy and their enthusiasm into a video game i was just talking about cyberpunk right like i've i've just put 20 hours into that game without even thinking about it and i love it I'm, i'm having a great time and yeah for people to be able to uh to own those games have something that they can look at when they're not playing it or just something that they can just display it's a badge of honor right like for a lot of people having thing having a collection having things that they can point to to say like this is who i am this is you know this is this is what i connect with Mm -hmm. i know it's just the aspects of your personality you know visualized and it, it, you know, we used to be, we used to fraternize a lot. We used to get together. Yeah. <laughs> we used to invite people over, yeah. you know, and show oh, up. I remember those days. And, <laughs> and so now it's all about, you know, your display behind you, I guess, during a Zoom meeting or <laughs> yeah. a Google Meet meeting or something. <laughs> and, but yeah, it, 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 I think our collections over the last year, 12 months have even proven to be I don't know if more important is the correct way to to phrase it, but it it has reminded us that sometimes our home is a great place to be and that we're reminded to continue to surround ourselves with things that try to uplift us, Mm. maybe make us happy. Uh, And so I think a lot of people have been collecting uh, things this year, uh, maybe more so than they have in years past because we're, trying to beautify you know our own residence or our abode <laughs> uh, while we're enjoying this amazing year <laughs> oh man I, I, yeah i i 100% agree with that because i, I know I, i'm looking around at all of the things that i know that i've i've treated myself to this year quote unquote treated myself to um i will tell you though you know speaking to, to jm's uh tip uh you know about the amanamicon it is a it was a great thing to be able to to manifest and i think when that book it's a it's a case bound book a real it's a six by nine it almost looks like a i guess a typical bible you know it almost has that look to it um but i remember that that coming to life really changed everything for what we were trying to do with special reserve games, because it was me asking two people, Nigel and Dave Crooks over at Dodge roll and Nigel from devolver and, and asked them both the same thing. What out 
of Enter the Gungeon would be the craziest, best, wildest thing you could ever see come to life in a physical form. And without a millisecond delay, both of them were like the Amanomicon. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like from the developer's mouth and then from one of the biggest fans of the game I knew, Nigel, uh, they both pretty much told me and they gave me my marching orders. And... I kind of used to have this fray or this, I don't know this it was it wasn't a cop out but it was if I said tell me to do something I might sit here all day and try to figure out what to do but if you tell me exactly what to do I'll kill it you know I'll get right on it and kill mm-hmm. it and sometimes I found in the creative process I really do appreciate uh suggestions from everybody you know, I, I love the developer of the game. I love a fan of the game. Someone who just knows the logo doesn't know the game. I will take everybody's opinion when I think, what what would best represent this game in physical form? And we kind of do a lot of bantering back and forth and ideas uh, about these physical items that can be manifested. And then also we kind of have some ideas about things that we do very well, you know, that we can work with paper and stuff. So that Ammonomicon represented so many amazing things for uh, I think video game collectibles, number one, because it you know set a standard for <laughs> what is right and what is how things should be treated. And uh, it opened up a whole new idea of uh, what could be done uh, efficiently for, like I said, you know, these independent games. And I say that independent games, you know, not to be pandering to the audience as much as just a reminder that these are small games with small development teams and um, what is being accomplished through these both digitally and physically is phenomenal, <laughs> you know, and everybody should be applauded that has worked on every single one of these great games because they're all outstanding. But I can tell you a couple things that are coming up for us. If um, That was my if, question. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be like, oh, can we, can we ask what's coming up next? Yes. You know, <laughs> you know, I live in Discord, right? We've got such a, a fun Discord for Special Reserve Games. Um, look us up, you know, join. I, once again, I'm always blown away by this community and how fun and diverse they are. Um, you know, I, I kind of have made it through the last few months living in a bubble when needed, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I I haven't gotten a chance to play as many games. I've mainly played Fall Guys and Warzone for like the last nine (laughs) months. Basically the same game. I I think that's been the case for a surprising number of people, actually. Those are their two go-to games. Isn't that hilarious how you can just <laughs> slide between, you know, plundering and war zone and then just nailing you know, about a good hour of fall guys. <laughs> <laughs> no crowns for me. I've still Aww. never, I've still never won a crown. I mean, Robbie, you got, got any crowns? Fuck no. Jeez. I've got one. one. Things. But man, we always talk about how fun it how fun it is to lose in <laughs> yeah. fall guys it's it's so it's almost equally as fun to lose as it is uh to win i wouldn't know what it went like what it's like to win a crown but but um it yeah, feels no, great i mean i ran around the house <laughs> shrieking it was wonderful he called me smitty he actually called me it was the middle of the night woke me up yeah screaming well, incoherently yep well I, I hope that uh, he was naked Twitter too. Was he FaceTime me, bollock naked. Yeah. Well, I mean, how 
do you, are you not supposed to play naked? I mean, I thought that was what the, the, that was part of the rules. Was, first, take your pants off, and now log in. You know, but anyway, I guess that was just JM's rules for me. I guess. Yep. Oh my! Listen, I want a crown. But, I'm telling you, that's how it's done. You, I I think for Christmas you should get a crown <laughs> of some kind and just wear it completely until New Year's and uh, you take many shots of many pictures and shots. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great social media uh, treat for all of us. Maybe have to blur out the rest. <laughs> well, I will say we we have launched a uh, twelve days of special reserve games 12 games of s or 12 days of srg so we are actually giving away uh some of the greatest uh, physical creations we've made we did find a very small handful of ammonomicons uh still that we had had held back in the warehouse so um there's we're doing a giveaway right now uh i'm not sure exactly uh, when you'll be listening to this but it'll lead up all Thursday. the way through christmas eve and then after that, uh, there will be a lot of information uh, given out each day. But it, early in January, we're doing Sarge's stockpile sale. Um, so we're going to do some blind boxes that are, have some guaranteed items in them, such as the Ammonomicon, the Greece uh, art book, which was also another just fantastic, amazing. Yeah, that was uh, amazing. So lucky. Whew. Oh, One of those things that just felt so lucky to work on. And um, then we also have some figures. We have an old Ruiner uh, figurine that we had made, oh gosh, several years ago when we did the PS ver- PS4 version of Ruiner. Um, and then we're giving away a couple things that we're making now, like the uh, Dittopedia, another case-bound book for Swords of Ditto, and some 3D-printed uh, color figures for Serious Sam and, and oh, several different so cool. things. So uh, a lot of physical stuff. Uh, so yeah, we're, but the stockpile sale is kind of, well, everybody looks forward to it in the collector community because I have found a lot of people, you know, collect multiple copies for multiple reasons. You know, some people do resell them. Uh, A lot of people just like to buy one to open and buy one to never open. And some people are looking for the lower sequentially numbered units because we do sequentially number Every single game we put out, both Switch and PS4. So, you know, we and some people just want the artwork. And that's one thing I kind of wanted to go back to is like what's been the greatest thing out of this whole journey has been to see how many people respond and love the art from these games as much as they do love playing the game. And so there'll be a lot of like five by seven metal prints and acrylic art prints and some different art stuff that we are launching next year um, to continue to, you know, kind of let people enjoy and own and showcase some of the things they love the most about these games. And believe it or not, it's just the art, you know, and and the art style is something that really uh, I think is exciting. And I don't want people to ever under cut you know the value of the art in each one of these games the instruction manuals are great <laughs> yeah i know right hey that's an important thing to us jm that way i swear to you that was two years ago mike sanders and i when uh who's uh art director for us he um we talked about some of the things that were just important and what was old school and it, all of us agreed instruction manuals had to be in every single thing we ever made 
no question about it. So and um, those are so fun to make. The the developers get scared when we <laughs> <laughs> talk about instruction manuals because <laughs> they're like, oh no, that, that's they work. That's a lot of work, you know, to document because they haven't made a quote instruction manual yeah. for yeah. the digital game. Um, so. But we don't. We usually do a lot of the heavy lifting, so we don't uh, tax the developers too much on that stuff. But yeah, I appreciate it. it it's fun to, uh, I don't know, do something that you know feels like you you know what's supposed to be in it because it's that's what I grew up with. It's mm. just the way it's always yeah. should be. You know, I mean, I remember getting a game and looking at the box and all the way home and couldn't wait mm -hmm. to open it. And then I had to read the instruction manual. So I knew how to play the game and, you know, looked at all the art from it and if there was any extras and it was just this whole build up to what made the game even more fun back then. And I think why a lot of us look back so fondly on the whole physical aspect of gaming, you know, whether it was Pong or your Atari 2600 or 5200 or whether you're just an NES guy, you know, any of your history of physical, it, it all was physical. And um, so anyway, yeah, I, I love that. And also our boxes, the reserve boxes, JM, those that we put every game in, it's not a special version or a more expensive version we just think they should all have a great product box as well <laughs> it's great it is great i i think it it can't be understated the the level of attention and care special reserve takes over every product i'm always blown away by everything you guys do and i'm also fairly confident uh, I have never met someone more enthusiastic about physical video games <laughs> than you. <laughs> hey, right on. <laughs> well, well, it's fun. You know, I, I'm a collector too. I, I, uh, but I collect different things. You know, it's not like I just collect one thing. Mm -hmm. I, I used to collect eight track tapes. <laughs> not all. I used to collect shaped picture discs. You know. But in the modern era, I really fell in love with Todd McFarlane's Spawn. Oh, my God, and, those action uh, figures. My God, man, Todd McFarlane. And then there was a, a magazine or a clearinghouse called Entertainment Earth that and I think it still exists, I'm sure, but it just had toys, you know, what everybody used to call toys. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, these aren't toys. These are collectible figurines. <laughs> but uh, so I think some of that stuff coming to life, you know, from a guy that grew up playing with GI Joe and star Wars figurines and stuff to see this level of art and detail be manifested. And then you could actually own it for less than $50. <laughs> These topic McFarlane collectibles were amazing, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I just think that I'm getting older. You know, I have a kid, I, uh, I understand how valuable time is and everybody's time and effort and of course everybody's money. And, um, but so many things seem to be a mild letdown or almost a disappointment sometimes these days. And I, I thought if we have an opportunity to, I hate to say preserve these games, but you know, preserve these games for these developers and give this developer something that they poured their 
life into for maybe a year, maybe five years, maybe their whole career has led up to this one game that they've been able to put out. I've got to get it right for them. I've got to give them a physical representation of their game that they dreamed about. And then if I accomplish that, I've done my job. But the other side of it, the 49% of it kind of is delivering something for the fans that they also want. Um, and sometimes those, you know, what the developer wants and what the fans want aren't the same <laughs> things, mm-hmm. but, uh, but to be able to give them the, the one time you, you've got to get it right. You know, I, 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 everybody deserves my best efforts. And if you're going to give us money and especially in our world, people pre-order and will wait months to get the product. This is not an instant gratification kind of uh, world, the, the physical collectible world. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to give me your trust and your money as a fan, I owe it to you to uh, give you something that hopefully beats your expectations. But once again, it's, you know, just uh, really relying on a lot of amazing experts around me, some great artists and designers and some great vendors, people who work with old school, old world craftsmanship. Uh, You know, we work on tools and and machines that are sometimes 50, 60, 70 years old. Some of them are brand new, but it's such a cool world. You know how uh, you've got some chance to make something correct. And by goodness, you should do it if you can. And that's the way I, I just tell everybody we're striving for perfection every single day. And, um, you know, that's, that's the goal. Perfection. (laughs) So I mentioned this at the beginning and, and I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but, uh, I'm confident, I guess, bringing it up because I know it is in the past, but there were growing pains at the beginning, right? I mean, starting a physical business like releasing physical editions of games actually like getting these things made was a challenge in the the opening stages yeah oh yes sir now it was it was way more of a challenge it's kind of one of those stories where it it, you know when you see the behind the music or something kind of things where we were almost ready to call it and then something great happened It, it had gotten stressful around our side because we were very much just in a world of our own. Like everybody that we worked with at Devolve or any of the developers weren't currently, or and even in recent memory, been involved with physical production of any kind. It was a digital. Yeah. Uh, like Devolver's name is Devolver Digital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Devolver Physical. And uh, so, you know, it was kind of figure it out that was the first year like well we just got to figure out the market and what kind of products the market wants um and then talking to developers about what they wanted and then figuring out what we could actually do what we could actually produce so i would just say it was a combination of many different things that none of them were laid out they were all kind of trial and error and in the video game world, you you do have some people who are willing to get behind startups and um, and games and overlook you know some small things. Oh, it'll get patched. You know, there's there's this mentality in the video game world that you you do get 
chances to correct errors sometimes. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> you get <laughs> flamed right out. So, you know, I was walking this high wire of terror uh, about making a mistake. And so I think that we were real tentative and hesitant in maybe some of our early designs and tried to play it safe, maybe. Uh, and so it was just... Uh, you know, never giving up and never surrendering to the fear (laughs) was the number one. And, um, and then just continuing to try to surround myself and surround ourselves with, uh, great creatives that could continue to, you know, advance ideas from these little small, you know, discord conversations into actual physical products and just being able to grow the team. So some things just take time to do. So I'm sure thankful for everybody that stuck with us uh, through these growing pains and supported us. And uh, most of all supported these great games and these great developers by supporting special reserve games. So yeah, it's uh, all I can say is just don't give up. If you believe in what you're doing, and you don't always have to see the complete end, the, the finish line, to, to know that you're on the right track. And uh, sometimes it's just a vibe you get. Sometimes it's just simple feedback you get from individuals uh, that, you know, let us know that we were going the right way. So, you know, it, it, thank, thankfully we had a couple great games that uh, allowed us to find some success. and kind of acted as a rudder a little bit for, uh, you know, our, our fan base and also for some of my vendors and, and, uh, allowed us to plan for, uh, m- I don't know, longer than game by game. We were able to start planning games and quarters of games and a half of a year worth of games in advance, instead of just trying to, uh, make things happen in real time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, uh, I know I probably didn't really say too much there, uh, you know, other than it, it's just a testament for um, not giving up and not surrendering to uh, fear and uh, the fear of the unknown, uh, the fear of failure. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know? And I think you, uh, you, it, it's having it's you, you had the belief as well that you know the the there are people out there that want this uh you know uh and and you and you knew that you wanted to do it and 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 ha- you had the vision for how it was all gonna work and stuff like that so it's like yeah you had you had that confidence as well you know even when times were tough yeah. i guess to yeah. to trust yourself to trust that you've made the right decision. Yep, yep, absolutely. And I will say that there is uh the confidence that you mentioned also comes from the strength of a team that had been built slowly, uh piece by piece, uh literally one by one. Everybody I work with is a contractor or a vendor. There's no employees of special reserve games. I'm the only one. And okay. so um it's uh, very uh, hard to work in that fashion, especially we've been working remote. I've been working from my house for 20 years. So like this whole world of working remote has, has 
I mean, I, I learned how to discipline myself a long time ago uh, to actually be able to accomplish things from the house. And then to be able to work with a, a team and, and build a team in a company with contractors that are all remote <laughs> sometimes could be a very interesting challenge as well. Can you write a book about those skills? Boy, I'll tell you what, it's just called uh, Sativa, Indica, and Discord. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's not going to work for me because I definitely have all three of those things in my life. I'm not doing what you're doing. I limit myself to one cup of coffee in the morning, and that's it. Um, no, but yeah, it's it's really sometimes, and I, I will say without being too crazy here, there's a guy, Mike Sanders, that I work with, and he's in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And there, he is a filmmaker. Like I, Andy Grace introduced us uh, way back when because these guys have a company called Electric Monk Media, and they had done a film called Men with Beards. <laughs> it was a documentary. And that was actually put out on Devolver Films. And uh, that's how that she knew him. And uh, when we were looking for kind of new people to do artwork for the jacket design and, and people who understood print layout and digital design. And it's a really unique individual that can do both. And especially, you know, print is a real wild animal. Mm -hmm. And then they also had animation skills, whatever. So I started working with Mike and his team years ago. And he is just one of those individuals who he's damn good at what he does. I will say that. And he has become just like my brother from another mother, but he is the extension of my right hand that cannot draw, but his can. And I will just say that I never felt more synchronized with another creative in my, probably my whole career in music or video games that we just know what each other's mind the creative mind is he knows if i'm gonna like something or not when he sees it i mean you know we, it's kind of like an old married couple mm -hmm. and so i just really have found a, an amazing connection after decades of being in the creative world that he sees me as a peer and i see him as a peer and i've worked with many creative directors who just discount me as a PR guy or a marketing guy because I can't draw because I don't know how to use Photoshop or Illustrator or anything like that. And they'll just say, shut up. I'm an art guy. You're not. I know better. You don't. That was kind of the art director model for <laughs> ad agencies and everybody I've ever worked with. So it's just been a delight and it's been a, uh, allowed a lot of personal growth within me. And uh, yet again, to be able just to connect with another human and then co-create, but remote like that has been a really fun and rewarding experience for me personally, you know? So I just really a big shout out to Mike and the team up there in Canada for always uh, providing such amazing creative and hard work, you know, I, and I have a whole new respect for Canadians. I've never worked with Canadians <laughs> as much in my life, but uh, I do love Canada. Shout out to Vieco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and john they're yeah. good people mark <laughs> yep there's a lot i actually did go up to winnipeg jim carrey for oh yeah, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah and, I, and, and i actually went to winnipeg i'd been to vancouver before but um i went over to winnipeg which is i consider a you know very kind of blue collar uh type town very hard working and 
you know, get snowed in. And But anyway, it was weird just being in Winnipeg, how at home I felt. There was just a very cozy uh, atmosphere around uh, Winnipeg for some reason for me. So anyway, just, you know, great things that can happen along your life and a career, you know, that uh, you should never take for granted. I certainly don't. Um, and, you know, all I can say is just uh, if you're out there and you're a creative and you're, you know, trying to find the, the thing that that gets it out, you know, the, what medium you work with, maybe people that you work with, just you know, continue to dig and search. And, and, um, and it's just kind of strange that people will get put in your life and, uh, and sometimes it just works out. I don't know. It's just magical. So there's been a really cool team that got created out of all this. And I hope we all get to work together for a long, long time. Wonderful. Excellent. Find the right people. Do the right drugs, never give up, never surrender. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just stay away from cocaine, and I think it'll all be okay. So oh, good Lord, yuck. Yeah. yeah, your cocaine beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have a question. So um, what would you say was kind of the first, what, what was the, the, uh, the one release that you worked on where uh, after it was all said and done, that was the moment where you thought, yeah this is this is what like it's working this is like this is gonna work <laughs> you know the basically the, the hands down the messenger oh yeah the messenger in 2019 and uh, that that was the turning point for special reserve games i think as uh, a profitable company because we actually sold a lot of units uh, that day but the response that we got after we delivered those units and we had some issues with shipping and production on that one too. It was a big learning lesson uh, or lesson learned, but that, that particular game, that is when we knew we had the right formula, I guess, of what the market was ready for and what they were kind of ravenous for. And uh, so, yeah, the messenger, that, that of 2019, man, that was the game <laughs> that changed everything for Special Reserve games. I mean, I, I believe that. And then going back to what JM said, as far as the one thing that that we made, the Ammonomicon yeah. was the one that kind of set the the tone for what could be done for these games. So I kind of snuck in a second answer on you there, Robbie. <laughs> I expect nothing less. <laughs> now let me ask you something i remember you oh you're you not allowed me, to ask uh, questions on the podcast oh oh well okay it's not Fuck well, it's, it's not about your age because you've already given that up okay it's not it's about, about your measurements no but you had shot me a message when we announced crossing souls yeah. and the stuff that we were doing for that like the um what we're calling the zapper mm. gun we didn't want to or the 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 blaster you know gun yeah. we're trying to figure out what what do we because we actually made a physical molded representation of the laser gun from the game yeah. or you know the zapper and so we're trying to call it what do we call it a blaster or a zapper we can't use the word gun yeah. uh because when we ship these things internationally no customs agent is gonna, gonna ever be, yeah. not give us a hassle <laughs> But but anyway, you when we were announced Crossing Souls, you said, "Hey, I want 
some of that action. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, is, is Crossing Souls just one of those games that you love, or was there something that we that you know we made that made you well? I the, think uh, physical um, so. JM and I have, have talked about Crossing Souls at length um, previously on here because uh, I think we both loved that game, and it, I think I love the I love the game definitely because uh, it just kind of. Uh, it speaks to me you know as a as a child who grew up watching you know all those kind of like amblin movies from the 80s and uh and that kind of thing uh it just ticked all the right boxes for me so i i loved the game anyway and it i didn't know that you were making a reserve for it and then until you sent that email so as soon as so when you sent that email and i was like oh shit <laughs> like if this if this, if there's one game that i like i need to have as like a physical copy it's got to be this like love letter to the you know to all the 80s movies that i love that i you know that i collect other merchandise from yeah. so it's the wait till you see exactly it. it's it's that thing that it's like it sits I I know exactly where it's going to (laughs) go. You know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) so that for me, for, for, for my, yeah, kind of like a experience with special reserve, like seeing, seeing that for the first time, that was the moment for me where I was like, Oh man, like Smitty gets it. (laughs) Well, and I will, and I'll tell you what's fun about this is it also was another great experiment. I, I took, to uh, uh, creating a, a physical manifestation of the thing that the developer asked for. I said, what would be a physical thing from the game that you would make? We, you know, we bantered a couple different things, yeah. but they said the laser blaster, the laser gun. Um, and that, then these guys are from Spain, you know, they uh, are younger than me considerably. <laughs> and, uh, and we talked about our love of the eighties and, you know, Ghostbusters yeah. and, you know, and how this game is just a love letter to Ghostbusters. And, uh, but so we uh, agreed on this gun and then I, we kind of came up with the idea of that we could do the signature ver- edition of the game that of course has a, a signature card with the developers all signed it, but we could make a life size laser blaster you know and then the regular reserve that would sell for a normal 40 dollar price uh should also probably include a version of the laser blaster and so i went to one of the great sculptor friends of mine who is a movie prop maker a guy named paul francis and he lives in tennessee and he uh, and i uh, came up with this sculpt and we took uh, files from the game and he created a physical mold uh, for the laser blaster. And then we poured a bunch of resin casts, uh, casts. <laughs> and uh, we made a solid resin, uh, non-workable. Sorry, guys, there's not a laser in <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> but it, it's meant to be an art piece, you know? Yeah. And, and then we went ahead and mounted it in vacuum form plastic and then i made a product box for it with the cutout on the front so it looks exactly like a ah, so you know all, a, a gun that you'll see it's all, on the um, shelf at, it's it's all oh, separate pieces oh well it's all put together yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. in a nice box ah, yeah but i mean it's all but uh, you can take the uh, so when, oh, bro, when i saw it, it i thought it was all just like one <laughs> molded thing no. 
No, oh you can God. take it out and take the mold out, and then the the gun has uh, two clear, you know, like waxed wire uh, little uh, holders or whatever <laughs> punched in, and so it, it uh, you can take the gun out and hold it. Now the trigger doesn't, you know, pull or anything. It's a it's a model. Yeah. it's a sculpture, but uh, yeah, it's life size. And trust me, I mean the thing weighs. I mean it's a, about fifteen ounces. It's almost a pound. And, uh, so it, it's a, it's a nice piece, but they are literally, you know, hand sculpted and then molded. And we of course made a, a limited number of them and, uh, they, there were only 250 of those guns made. And then the small version is the exact same replica. Uh, I mean, the exact same gun, exact same box and everything, but just shrunk way, 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 way down. And then uh, the only difference is that's a half of a resin gun and it actually is glued right. into the box. It's a, it's a display piece, but it's a really nice display piece. And once again, custom, you know, done. Uh, so it, it's just one of those things that I pride myself on being able to make things locally and not just send everything to some foreign nation to get made cheap, you know, and whatever. Uh, we, we, I like to employ people that we respect their, their artistry and, um, especially if they're local, you know, or as close to local as we can get. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, was so excited that you were, you know, like excited well, about the yeah. crossing soul gun totally. and I can't wait to send it to you. Man. <laughs> You're going to freak out. It's huge. <laughs> Like that, this display is probably, I mean, I don't know. I think the box is 13 inches long, you know? So, I mean, it's uh, like 13 by 10 by two or something like that. So it's a pretty, uh, these are inches. I'm sorry, guys. I'm American. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) yeah. So anyway, that I'm really, I was really pumped when, when you saw that, because I, I think that's one of the biggest uh, exciting moments for me still is when someone from inside of Devolver or one of the other developers even reaches out to me and says, Hey, I saw that you were doing this, you know, thing for Pikiniku or whatever, you know, please, I would love that game. I'd love one of those things. That's like one of my favorite things to do uh, is get field those responses. So, you know, if you really like what we do, shoot me a little note. We do keep a small stash sometimes of extras, you know, to make up for shipping disasters or <laughs> any kind of issues. So every once in a while, I might end up with a few extras. But most I of the make... time, this stuff, we sell it out to zero. And, man, after a couple months, uh, there literally is zero. There's hardly any, maybe one or two in the warehouse. So we really do sell limited numbers, and they really do sell out. <laughs> and they go away forever. So come to specialreservegames.com. We got lots on sale right now for Christmas. There it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, we have a link to your Discord in our Discord. Awesome. Uh, so anyone in our Discord who's listening, there's a link for you to check out Special Reserve Games. You've probably already heard of Special Reserve Games before, though, but, you know, just check it out. I'm excited about the Home Grow Kit that is coming with the Weedcraft <laughs> Physical Edition. Yes. Well, the what pot, we found... The, yes. the lamp. I mean, a physical pot. I mean, the dirt and the seeds and the lamp, and I think that's <laughs> exciting. 
It's the texture of the dirt. We worked really hard to get the <laughs> texture of the dirt. Uh, we've done a nutrient polymer texture yeah. with grit. Yes, it's very exciting. Uh, so way to go, though. <laughs> we haven't announced that yet. We were oh, waiting until no. April 20th, but I'm I guess. so uh, sorry. I fucked that up. <laughs> uh, well, you can pre-order now at JM's house. <laughs> uh, did you ever say what's coming up soon? Well, we talked about the stockpile sale coming up in mm-hmm. January, and we have announced uh, Ape Out, uh, which we're doing a steel book for. Ooh, nice. Um, and oh, it was, oof. we were trying to put that out this year, but with the pre order of PS5 and a new Xbox and all of this just getting shoved in at, in the fall, we, we've seen that a lot of people are trying to spend their money wisely (laughs) so we wanted to make it a more of a pleasure for people to acquire certain games so moving them off into first of 2021 but uh ape out uh and the red strings club that we're doing uh and then i've even had some discussions with the no code guys um because there's been a couple of great games out by single developers and one uh, one such uh, a collection is, uh, well, it's not a collection, but observation and stories untold, mm, you know, both yeah. by the same developer, but both those games take place in the same universe. And w- what a better way to, to explain and showcase the creation and the universe of all that than maybe doing a great book. That, that ties it all together and explains it. Maybe written by the developers. <laughs> you know, so there could, you know could be something like that. <laughs> I wanted to do something like that uh, before Observation came out, just for stories untold, because I thought it would be a really cool idea. Um, my idea was like, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was exactly. But oh, basically, great. I'm very excited for this. <laughs> and I'm very, very happy <laughs> that you're making it. Yeah, well, and I'll tell you, talking to John and and some of the guys at the development house, it was obvious when we first started discussing just the idea of a physical version, how much they collected and loved, um, like, behind-the-scenes type books Mm. and making of and art books, and they loved that, that story behind the scenes as much as they did expanding the lore of a game uh you know we're playing up to the stories uh and the characters and whatever so it was really easy to see uh what could be done that uh, once again appealed to the the developers initial i don't know initial idea long-term dream whatever it was is what they really felt strongly about uh that could be a great physical representation or physical asset that would accentuate uh the uh, idea of that game being made in a physical form so or games so yeah there's a couple couple things like that coming up uh we also are going to expand this amazing 3d print on demand uh mm-hmm. figure uh, and so I, we, I don't want to call them figurines or, you know, I always want to call them sculpts, but these 3d print on demand things that we are able to make all again here, it's all manufactured here in America. Um, but it's solid resin on wooden bases. And you can see the serious Sam collection that we have up on our site now, 
But what we're going to release next year is multiple different games with different characters and different art uh, from these games. And it's 3D printed in color on demand, and you'll be able to customize these uh, figures. So you could pose them. Uh, you'd be able to, uh, say, in a Fall Guy situation, you've got all these different costumes that you could, you know, put on a character, if you will. And then you'll also be able to customize the base uh, with text. Um, you could put your name or your your Discord tag, you know, anything that you wanted to put uh, that would actually be cast in the resin. And these are all pretty efficient, and the turn time is, is pretty quick. So I'm excited to be able to produce some stuff. From a business standpoint, these are really great for the developers and everybody because it's 3D print on demand. It means there's no inventory. So when someone would order something, that's when we actually manufacture it. And it would take about two weeks, you know, to manufacture and get it out to your, uh, your house. Um, so, and then we will ship internationally for those. Um, that'll be a, a great thing coming up in 2021. And, um, then also just a different large scale art that we're going to get into like, uh, metal debossed, embossed, uh, you know, wall art and, uh, and then continue to do our, our acrylic prints and, and different things. Once again, to, you know, uh, pay an homage to the, uh, the art of the game of each one of these games. And we'll continue to still sell physical form versions of the games too. <laughs> in case <you laughs> games will be in there things. somewhere. Yeah, but uh, so, you know, I think you, you knew we were going to continue to make great physical games, but I just wanted to talk about some of the other uh, elements that surround those that, that we're working on that are going to come to fruition early next year. You want to give the uh, you want to give all the deets where people can find it all. Give them one more, mm -hmm. one more plug. We know we've we one know you've more got plug. It well, if you want to find out more, I suggest you just go to specialreservegames.com. You can see links to all of our social on that site, and you can sign up for our newsletter. And believe it or not, our newsletter is actually one of the most useful tools, <laughs> and uh, we we put great news and information in there there's not spam you can find out about things ahead of time uh and uh if you are on discord uh man get active we have the pupper chat in there and there is a group called dog fathers uh those are actually <laughs> people that boost our channel and when they boost our discord channel that puts you into kind of this private group or this vip group called dog fathers and dog fathers do get advanced uh uh, notice on certain items and sometimes dog fathers can actually buy things before other people <laughs> so if you're a hardcore collector and you like lower sequential numbers and you uh, you know also want to find a great community of other physical collectors that you can ask questions and not feel stupid for asking and you know if you're a first time collector an old school collector man our discord's a great place to be so I would just say our website and our discord are those those are the great uh, connection points for us 
Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show, Smitty. This has been fantastic. <laughs> hey. Well, I sure respect uh, both you guys and, and love working with y'all. And, and it's always uh, very happy when I'm around either one of you guys. It, there's always a, an upbeat vibe and, and also a vibe of unsuredness because I think we all have this little element of <laughs> like a demonic entertainer inside each one of us. And so you never know quite what's going to come out of each one of us. So, so I enjoy the spontaneity and the excitement I feel from both you, Robbie and you, JM. And, and I miss being in the same room with you. And I look forward to the day that we will be able to hug again. Oh That'll man, nice. back at you. Right on brothers. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Go buy all of the physical games. Yep. Now. There go you buy. go. Bye, bye, bye. Been you a, can buy two copies. This has been one hour long <laughs> sales pitch for Special Reserve. So don't, buy our don't new let games. us down. Go and buy loads of games. It's Christmas. Never, never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> never surrender. Remember that? Stan Bush. Mm. Anyway, no. back to Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye, <everyone>. <laughs> <laughs>